Hi, my name is Yumna Nofal, and you're listening to the Y Chats podcast, which is the podcast version of our online show Y Chats, created for the youth to help entertain, inspire, and alleviate their concerns when it comes to their future in a region filled with turmoil. Your hopes, your visions, your chats start right now. Hello, Lebanon, and the rest of the world, actually, wherever you're joining us from. We have blogger and activist Gino Raizi joining us today. Um, Gino is not in Lebanon, but I know a lot of you follow him. I know a lot of you are interested in what he has to say when it comes to the revolution and Lebanese affairs. So hello, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our show, Why Chats, a show we created for the youth. Um to entertain and to uh, inform. And we're three years in and here we are. Uh, thank you to everybody joining again. I see so many faces, it gets me excited. So waiting for Gino to join and um, that's it. It's a Sunday here in Lebanon and it's lockdown, COVID cases over 10,500 I believe now. So um, it's pretty serious. And um, we're waiting for Gino to ID to come and entertain us, inform us, and keep us active during this lockdown. So whenever he comes in, I'll let you know. So who's here? Let's see. It's a working day here in Qatar. Ahmad, you're so funny. Ahmad's my friend from Qatar. Ahmad, we go way back. Remember Future TV News? I used to work there as a news anchor. And Ahmad was our... Uh, executive producer. All right. Gino, whenever you're ready, by the way, happy Sunday, everybody. Yumna. How are you doing? I can't believe it's daylight where you are. We're jealous. It's you, no, no, it's you, get, just, you get better lighting. So that's cheating, by the way. <laughs> How are you? It's more quiet here outside. I'm go, I'm, I can't complain, honestly, given, given everything. And you have the better internet, so we are we are envious of your, uh, your your technical skills over there. Listen, um, where are you? Can you tell our audience where you are? Right now, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn for the weekend, uh, meeting up with some friends to figure out what what more we can do. Honestly, because the distance has been uh, a killer, and I, I'm uh, I'm not used to being that far away yet. So I'm kind. Of Experiencing what uh, the Lebanese diaspora has been feeling for the past ten months now, so it's uh, it's all new to me. How how are you coping with everything that's happening? Because even though you're far away, you're still very in tune with everything that's happening locally. Uh, I don't think we I've had the time to process yet, uh, or the it's basically trying to have a bird's eye view of everything because I know how much. Uh, the boys and girls back in Beirut are singularly focused on trying to help uh, with their bare hands right now. So uh, I'm basically picking up the, the slack when it comes to thinking bigger picture and what's next and trying to fundraise first as much as we can, support all the awesome initiatives happening, yeah. as well as uh, trying to lobby the diaspora here to know that they're, they're more than just a cash cow that send money, that they need to be involved in the change coming. 
You know, if it wasn't for the diaspora, I think we'd be we'd be in bigger trouble. Not that we're not in trouble, but our diaspora has really, really come through after this crisis. So it's really been lovely to see. You know, Gino, after this blast, I mean, there's always been an element of solidarity. But after this blast, you notice there was a solidarity between the people and the NGOs on the ground doing the work that the government should be doing, the government completely absent um, and, you know, a complete disconnect, not even absent, a disconnect between people and this leadership that is missing in action. I don't even know where they are. They, they're kind of here. They're kind of like, you know, so, you know. I wish, I wish that they were just absent. Uh, we didn't expect anything from them, but the yeah. real problem is that they're trying to sabotage and uh, derail the efforts being done by volunteers on the ground. We saw the attempted uh, decisions to force people to apply to the to the Lebanese armed forces to be able to go down and volunteer when the army itself just said, you know, five days in, خلص, we give up on searching for survivors. So this is what is really making us extremely angry that they're not only not doing anything, just sitting around, uh, you know, uh, kidnapping people for uh, desecrating the photo of the president. They're actually actively seeking to uh, hinder the relief efforts being done by volunteers on the ground. You know, it's interesting. The government gave the army through a state of emergency extraordinary powers. Extraordinary powers means that it allows the army to enter homes of individuals, namely protesters, like you were saying, in order to arrest them or warn them. This is clearly a setback of our democracy, if you want to call it democracy. Um, what can be done when it comes to that? Right. Because that's an infringement on personal power. And I know you've worked a lot on this one. Honestly, the having a state of emergency might have been the, the, our worst uh, case scenario in our minds, where whatever veneer of uh, law and uh, freedom of expression and human rights is completely yeah. gone. They can just uh, give the excuse that whatever is a threat to try to quash uh, the anger, the legitimate anger and rage because of this explosion, uh, the blast that happened. And... I don't think they have the ability to maintain that, to sustain that for very long. It's obvious that even very basic stuff like traffic lights is something they can't even handle. Mm -hmm. So I really don't think that they can uh, quash the, the, the sentiment in the street anymore. And I think it's just a matter of time. And you can already see no one is listening. Uh, a lot no of... Yeah, a lot of your viewers here commenting, no, it has never been a de democracy. It is a dictatorship. Uh, Gino, do you know what legal recourses do we have? I mean, have you ever, and I know this, but I want our audience to hear it. Have you ever felt personally threatened for your own safety? Uh, we, uh, yeah, people think that it all started in uh, October of 2019, but mm -hmm. I've been dealing with these uh, cabal of war criminals and thieves for uh, almost more than 10 years, almost 11 years now. So so we're used yeah. to it. We're used to the, the threats, the intimidation, the electronic armies. But uh, what's, what's I think is good, not bad, and what has improved, even though it uh, it seems that it's getting it's only getting worse, it's gotten much better. Because before the, the Thawra started, um, when we used to go down to an investigation, we wouldn't know if it would go out. And no one really cared, on all, honestly. Now we see that whoever gets arrested or illegally detained, you have people asking for them, whether it's the Beirut Bar Association sending volunteer lawyers to every single person that's been detained or our friends and our loved ones who are outside of the precinct waiting. So, so that if one of the corrupt judges tries to do pull something, they know that it's not going to be as easy as it was. So despite 
the outlook looking pretty bleak. I see some genuine change now and engagement by people that we didn't have. So now I'm less worried about going down to an investigation uh, you know, than I used to be before October 17, 2019. So yeah, I, think yeah. that's all. I, I think that... The, the alternative we've created to the government uh, is working enough. And even though that they have complete disregard for the law, I don't really change. And they had that disregard for the law even before your friend, this government. Your friend Saleh Mashnu called them a mafia. <laughs> well, I, I think that we yeah, a compliment to them. They're much worse than a mafia. And at least uh, mafia have an honor code within themselves. But when you look at our uh, six wow. or seven mini they don't even have uh, their own honor code. So even with criminals and and and, and uh, organized crime in general, you know they have a hierarchy. They respect uh, the will of the majority or whatever. Here, you don't even see that. You see like the sons and the daughters of the of the uh, mafia bosses, uh, you know, trying to screw them over. So even that uh, war even between sense, themselves, even between themselves, they can't keep it right. That's no, that's how bad it is. Yeah, it's too. They're much, much worse. You know, Gino, I wanted to ask you this because, as you know, uh, in the last week, the verdict of the special tribunal for Lebanon came out 15 years later. Um, the result for a lot of people, less than satisfactory, 15 years later, 800 million U.S. dollars spent on this tribunal. You know, it's not so much that I want to focus on the tribunal, but when you look at that, how that's been done, and you think, well, well, look at what we have to go through in order to find the truth, if we ever find it. What do you think of that in parallel to the explosion? Will we ever find out what happened? Do you think you know what happened? Honestly, I think that uh, people's disappointment with the verdict says a lot about how the justice system and, and journalism in general works in Lebanon and the region. It's often very sensational and not based on actual facts that you can prove something beyond a reasonable doubt. I, it's definitely disappointing in terms of, because we have no trust in our local justice system and that just ever be served in Lebanon. So I understand many people, this was their last ditch effort of maybe getting some peace and justice at some point. And it failed to live up to the expectations. And mm -hmm. what I felt a lot of people ignored is that the, the, the real work done to actually in everything that was proven wasn't done by the special tribunals, investigators. It was done by local uh, police officers and security forces like we saw Eid. So this is something that they missed. And the other thing is uh, how funny so it was believe, that... So you believe even the results and even the investigation was tampered with from the start, even though it's an independent in the Hague tribunal? I was 15 years old and we remember that the crime scene was almost immediately cleaned up and they almost uh, re-put the asphalt. So we never had a lot of trust and in, in an investigation that would be transparent. But what's interesting is uh, is the positions of both sides of this question, how they changed overnight. So you could right. see the pro uh, couldn't wait and they're like, wow, final justice coming, blah, blah, blah. And when the, Hariri, the son of the slain and the assassinated former Prime then Minister Rafi Hariri saying, well, I even accept this, right? I mean, it's interesting. This man has been waiting for 15 years and he came out with, you know, oh, and we what, accept this tribunal. I mean, it, it, it's mind-boggling. Uh, was the Hezbollah crowd, which was spent a few days 
you know, and a few years actually mocking the the special tribunal suddenly now became its biggest fans and felt exonerated. So how can you, uh, you know, cast doubt on the legitimacy of the special tribunal? But when the verdict is not as incriminating to you or in your mind, at least uh, you celebrate it and uh, make jokes about, yeah, let's get another one like this for the Beirut uh, port blast. And, uh, for me, I didn't really put, put much hope on it. And I'm definitely sad that we spent public money on something like that. But then you remember that we uh, we were they were stealing $300 million a year just from the fuel being smuggled to Syria. So for people that are really upset about the, the money spent when half of it was by international donors, I'd say that maybe if, if this is your real concern, the, the money-wise, maybe just stopping the uh, smuggling of oil and, and diesel to Syria would have saved us a lot more over the past 15 years, a few billion, uh, if not a few hundred million. It's, um, you know, it's a sad state of affairs because you realize... Um, in a way. And, and I, I see all your comments and I will get to the revolution very soon. Uh, I wonder why they would talk about you and the revolution, Gino. What, what are they thinking, our viewers? No, I, I, I hear. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I just you know what I find a little um, upsetting. Well, a lot upsetting uh, is that we keep talking about this money issue now uh, when the country is facing the worst. I think we were talking about civil war, but it is facing the worst economic crisis in its history. Um, second to none, maybe Venezuela at this point. And um, after all this time, still no reform and no word from the government for an IMF bailout that could potentially, maybe not even so, kind of get us out of this mess. I mean, he, and my question to you about this is, can people do anything to hold the banks accountable and retrieve their funds? Or what, what is your position towards the banks? Um, I think that most Lebanese people have, haven't let it sunk in that their money is gone. People still think that their money exists somewhere and they just can't use it for a little while. But the quicker they understand that that money is already gone and they're spending even beyond that now, uh, the quicker people will understand that I think the banking sector that was always fabled and storied and wow, amazing and uh, blah, 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 the backbone of the Lebanese economy. At, and at their core, they were just used car salesmen lying about a product that wasn't a up Ponzi to par. scheme, a Ponzi scheme, according to many analysts, right? Ponzi scheme as BDL more than the banks. I think it's the governor himself yeah. where he yeah. power to fund his buddies who were, if not stealing it, squandering it. So I think the shock of realizing that your life savings and everything you worked hard for is gone hasn't sunk in because it's too much to to accept but this is the reality my fear though yumna and i'm actually writing about this now i'm just making sure i talk to enough experts in the financial and fiscal world now the sulta is seeing millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars pouring into the country to donations to ngos or personal initiatives happening so for me I, I think it's a you're real talking post, You're talking after the explosion. You're talking after the explosion. That's exactly. Right. right. So you see a band of six, seven war criminals and thieves seeing all this money coming in without them getting a cut. Yeah. So a real concern I have now is that the banks will find a way to basically eviscerate their fresh money uh, nonsense 
and make excuses to take these dollars away from us, like they're doing with Western Union, the OMT. So if I'm sending dollars to someone, they give it out at 4,000 liras, which is less than half its actual price. So a real worry I have now is that the banks, because the banks and the Sulta are in bed together, they're the same people. So mm-hmm. I'm worried about most right now from this Sulta is not the state of emergency and the stupid uh, stuff they waste time on, like uh, photos of the president and other uh, meaningless uh, stuff. It's that they will find a way to ruin the fresh money thing they put in and try to take these dollars away. And for I'll them, give an for example. themselves, for themselves. Go ahead. Yes, please and go I'll ahead. Let's let's say I have an NGO with 20 people working under me and mm-hmm. I get a donation from abroad in US dollars that's fresh. If I want to pay the salaries or the badal na'al or the transports for these people working with me, when I transfer it to them, the bank can say, oh no, this is not fresh money. You can't touch it. So they basically stole those dollars, which are coming in as aid. And you see this happening but uh, now, but on a smaller scale, where the bank teller says, oh, sorry, there aren't enough dollars today. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Habibi, I don't need the actual banknotes, but let me like wire or give checks or transfer to other people and for them to be able to use it in their actual market value without taking away 75%. So for all friends listening and all people abroad and in Lebanon, always try to figure out a way to completely bypass the banks and the Sulta because they're one and the same thing. So if you need materials to build, if you need food, if you need stuff like that, try to find suppliers in Lebanon who have bank accounts abroad. So you can pay them there and they can deliver on the ground without passing through any of the Lebanese banks and without the criminal murder sultan trying to take away the money. Because how, do you do that? how would you do that, Gino, though? Like they would come in with their fresh money, the ones that you're talking about? I would say, for example, if a company A sells uh, doors, for example, or, or glass, instead of getting the money to Lebanon via the banks, try to see which ones have accounts abroad in countries where there is a rule of law and it's not uh, a bunch of criminals in charge and Riyad Salameh who controls our money. Do that so we can bypass them so they stop. They don't turn this into, into an opportunity. Because we saw Hezbollah, we saw the Aounis, we saw the Lebanese forces, we saw all of them yani show their ugliest possible side of them where they thought the Beirut catastrophe, which was their fault, was an opportunity for them to get visitors from abroad. So imagine how, what kind of low lives they are. So I would really recommend that now with all the millions of dollars coming in, please make sure, try to find another way, either get them cash to Beirut, where they cannot steal them from you unless at, at gunpoint or they rob you, but really think very carefully about how you're sending your aid back to Beirut because I am feeling extremely worried that they're trying to gonna they're gonna try to pull something uh, to steal those fresh dollars because it's driving them crazy that no one is giving them money and we've seen all the foreign diplomats and all the foreign visitors to Lebanon have made it clear that they're only gonna give money to trusted partners not the Sulta and if you look at it the Sulta has survived since 1990s till now by give, being given international aid and let's say wasting it if you don't want to say steal it. So they want to try to do this again. This is my feeling and this is what we're trying to work on now. So if no, any that, banks it, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. that they will stop being part of the international banking system in whatever way possible, we'll sue them everywhere we need to to make sure that that bank closes down forever if they dare take away the money being sent 
for aid and relief because okay we understand you are vile pieces of you know what fecal matter so they don't ban us from instagram but this is a step too far you cannot steal it you know what's interesting is that even the problem is that even donations like in clothes building materials and glass coming from abroad are being taxed by the lebanese government I mean, they're taxing international aid. But, you know, Gino, it reminds you, and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, of the of the woman holding on to French President Macron in the streets, telling him, please, whatever you do, don't give our government money. I mean, she was holding on. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was an awareness of people knowing what the problem is and why this Sulta survived because they weren't making money. Yani. The money we had wasn't our wasn't being generated by us. It was being sent here either by our loved ones living abroad or etc. But they know that this this Sulta's time is over. And the only way they can be saved is if money flows back into them. And I understand why people are this excited about Macron visiting and thinking that he's their saving grace. But for me, Macron is a big part of the problem. Paris and France have been a big part of the problem. They have funded this Sulta, the same faces, over the last three decades. So for them, him coming for a photo op uh, in the rubble isn't enough, especially given that other than the fact that they funded the Sulta for so long, a lot of the chemical weapons being used against us for the past 10 months indiscriminately are donations, many of them at least, from the French government. So I appreciate Macron's, uh, you know, trying to show a bit of empathy with the people, but we need concrete yeah. action. I have, you know, I, lo- I like that you're saying that because I do, I do have to say, though, that him coming down to the streets, you know, sorry to tell you, him coming down to the streets and holding out a hand. I mean, whether whether you agree with him or like him or disagree with him, it was, you know, so much more than any of our leadership has done in a in a situation where people are dying, 7,000 injured, some people are missing, and Beirut is shattered. It is no longer a city. It is a whatever is left of it. So I just think in that sense, he showed um, some leadership. I mean, is the showed international... He, how is the, our leaders are, because our leaders know if they dare go down there, they probably will not leave alive or with their dignity. And I understand, especially after the revolution. And we're going to get to that. I hear you and I see you, everybody. I see your comments. But... Palaces and a foreign president comes and and, and, and why no fund, Gino? Why no fund? Why no shelter? Why? Okay, fine. Don't don't do it yourself. But I mean, I mean, where are you when you're the most needed? All right, you're hate, you're hated. Okay, you're hated. See, they're busy. So. They're busy protecting the portraits of our president. That's that's where they're allocating their their funds and their and their time and their resources and the boycotting TV stations and other, you know, wannabe dictator stuff instead of actually helping. And I don't want to say we're surprised. We never expected them to help, especially since they are the people who caused this. Of course, they're not going to help. Like they ruined the country. Of course, they're not going to be the saving grace of the country. So Macron, it was really nice in, in the way that he humiliated our leaders how scared how yeah. how hated they are and it couldn't be clear he was just walking there and people coming up to him our leaders if one of our mps or one of these small scale ones even want to go have an ergile they take with them uh, 300 uh, soldiers to protect them you know this shouldn't be the case if you're not if you're a legitimate representative you shouldn't be afraid to get out of your house and that's one thing i'm very proud of the Thaura did that a lot of criticism happened for it when we used to chase them away from public spaces. 
Now show me one member of the entire Sulta that dares shows their face in public without running away when they know two or three people are coming to confront them, not even like attack them like their partisans do. We're just I, going I, to ask. I see. I see your point. I see your point. And I just think that in a crisis, in a never before seen crisis like this one, somebody should have come out and talked. Somebody should have said something. Um, no matter how hated you are, you are still a leadership of a country. Um, your silence, and I think you said this, the silence is deafening. And I, I you know, th- th- there are no words for this kind of, I, I, I don't know how you would justify this. It doesn't matter who you're rooting for, right? It doesn't matter who you're rooting for at this point. Somebody should have come out and said something. I think their silence speaks volumes. Um, do you think we'll ever figure out what happened exactly? Do you have a, an idea? I think that's the wrong question to ask. Uh, and you saw the Sulta try to push several narratives when the explosion happened. Is it an happened. attack? Is it not an attack? I know, yeah. We're insistent on the fireworks factory stuff, and they think we're that stupid, as, as stupid as their partisan. Now that's clear. It's the wrong question to ask why it exploded, like Gibran Basile tried to do on every foreign TV Not station. Why, but what could have happened is, in the Why were they there? Why, why were they, they there? there? Why were they there? Know, this is the main issue for us. It could be an attack. It could be sabotage. It could be divine will. It could be a million other why things. Why weren't the people warned? Why wasn't something done? Life here, and someone comes and you know knocks me on my elbow. Okay, it's the knock that's the problem, but it was my fault for putting. Uh, you know, a blade on my carotid artery. So this is not the question. And they're trying to, you know, uh, discredit that with conspiracy theories every day and the investigation that no one trusts. We don't care. Why did you have 2,700 tons of explosives and 10 meters away from where most of the city's residents live? So this muddying the waters of asking why, you blah, 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 doesn't matter. It is their fault. They are the prime suspects and there will not be just peace until there is justice very simply, and they're all implicated. If it's not that they actually lit up the fuse to blow Beirut up, they knew and did nothing about it. And that should be enough. It should, we shouldn't explain more why they are criminals. Khalas, this is enough. Okay, well, okay. will justice ever be served, do you think, in this, in this regard? I, when, they uh, all, when they all have, a, when they all have a, a, you know, an arm and a, and a hand in this? No, I think that it will not be justice in, in terms of... Uh, the corrupt judges that have all been appointed by these thieves and war criminals. But I, I have a lot of faith in the Lebanese people that they will make sure that this justice is delivered sooner or later. Because 10 months after every kind of oppression and tool was used against them, they're still there and they're still winning the culture wars. People like like their narrative more. No one believes when Berri talks or when Aon talks or when Zhaja speaks. No one believes them. They know it's... Uh, press really they're trying to read with their same recycled stuff we're winning this this war of ideas this conflict of ideas and all they have is kidnapping people and putting photos and uh, releasing their electronic militias and getting corrupt judges to uh, you know uh, feed their egos so this is not sustainable for them especially if there is no money coming from them so justice will be served i wish it would have been swift justice and fair justice in the legal system but given the way they've constructed this legal system to serve them, I don't see it happening. This it's up to us. They need to leave. They, and if not for everything else, just for the Beirut blast.
it's it's interesting. I read your comments. A lot of people saying, you know, it's it's important. Is it in tag? Is it not tag? Gino is saying, and a lot of analysts agree with him on this. It doesn't matter if it was an attack or not, because at the end of the day, what were 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate doing literally in the center of Beirut, close to residential areas, in the heart of our port um, that ended up in the destruction of a whole capital? You know, Gino, it's interesting because, um, and I'm going to get to this, you talk about the people of Lebanon and having faith in the people of Lebanon, the people of Lebanon really coming together in these times of needs and in these times, the most difficult times, an incredible year for Lebanon on so many levels, a historic year that started on October 17th of last year. Um, I know you've been very vocal about the Thawra, the revolution for everybody watching us abroad, uh, a revolution that began last year on October 17th. And, um, what do you make of it today, Gino, before I delve a little deeper? I think today it's it's been vindicated after these 10 months of uh, misinformation and uh, trying to create a false narrative. They've, we've, the Thawra's demands and the way they think has been vindicated. The blast was the epitome of the embodiment of all everything that's wrong that we're fighting for, literally. So if we already talked about why there was these 2,750 tons still there. If we go past that, just look at the aftermath. Yeah, and if, if me and four people sit down on Sessin or in downtown, we get every kind of security agency to come take photos with their fancy cars donated by the West and all that stuff for nothing, just four people sitting in a square. But when the entire half of the capital disappeared, there was no one, no one in sight from all the all the security forces. And how can you use them for everything except when we really need them? It was at the end of the day, Rodette Cross and people themselves who were handling and, uh, the situation on the ground. So for me, it's their fault. And the way that, and if you remember before October 17, uh, there were the forest fires and we saw how the government did absolutely yes. nothing. Just people four days remember. before. People remember the helicopters and the airports that were not maintained for five years that should have been used instead of getting Cyprus and Greece to come in. Remember that? Yeah, Crazy. selling them. But the yeah. thing is, this the Beirut blast was this to a much bigger scale because it mm -hmm. first reminded us that we don't hate each other, like the politicians keep saying, and that we're afraid of each other, existential threats, stuff like that. One And two, it made us understand that there is literally absolutely no hope for this sultan ever doing anything right. Like, if there's still people who think they want to give them a chance after this, it's gone. Another thing I think why it's vindicated is they've been trying to keep us at home with the lockdown, with the, with the meaningless lockdowns that aren't based on scientific uh, evidence we're, or reason. We're in, the we're in the middle of one right now, Gino. <laughs> we're stuck at home Wait, talking to you. You're, you're a free man in Brooklyn. Go ahead. So they did everything and this blast hit us inside our homes. So if anyone just felt like they want to check out and not be part of this and they don't feel like it anymore, they just want to sit home, that's no longer an option for them. So the Torah hasn't failed. If anything, it's proven why it's extremely necessary right now. And I think a lot of the growing pains that we had in terms of coordinating and coalescing around a more... Uh, more you know, common denominators between all the different groups that sprung up has gotten over in, into overdrive after the Beirut blast because we realized that it's no longer them killing us slowly. It's 
killing us in the most brutal way possible, and then going on TV and laughing about it and calling it an opportunity to save their already destroyed uh, career and uh, and the legacy, basically. So, if anything, now is when the Thawra has the biggest role to play in the alternative that needs to happen because it can't be small fixes anymore. The entire system has no trust and no ability to do anything. Khalas, it's time to leave. Gino, for people who look up to you and, you know, there are, you know, I've always dedicated my career to the youth. This is why I started Why Chats. Um, for people who, you know, tell you, you know, Gino, I've lost hope. I'm demoralized. Um, I don't see the unity in these demonstrations. The turnout has been less, you know, even people didn't show up as much as we expected them after the blast. Why should I fight for my country when I can get out? You know, what, what do they you showed think up? that? I think they showed up a lot more than expected. And we saw on the, on the 8th of August, mm-hmm. it might have been one of the biggest protests to ever happen since the thought it happened, uh, began. And you saw how unable the security forces were were you know, they caused more injuries that day than the blast with their excessive use of force to see how scared they are and we were able to get into where the parliament is so i don't see it blocks i see that when you need the people to come down they will but also the the success factor can't just be how many people are on the streets especially when everyone is still picking up pieces of their lives of their homes yeah. of their lives. yes this is not the thing, and it's not like uh, these six, seven warlords, war criminals, and thieves are going to suddenly have a conscience if they see a lot of people in the streets. But uh, it's evolved in so many ways. So a lot of the reason why a lot of the funding isn't going to the Sulta is because of Lebanese diaspora in each of these governments putting pressure on their representatives and governments not to do that. And we saw that in Canada, in Australia, in New Zealand, in several places where there's a vibrant Lebanese diaspora who called up their prime ministers or whatever their governments are, saying, you cannot give them the money. This is my tax. I don't want it to go to these people. So mm-hmm. I think the the type of conflict, even though it's nonviolent, mostly, is adapting, is changing. You can't just go down to the street and keep doing the same thing. As for the uniting part, I've been very known not to not to be a fan of uniting under one leader, under one banner. I hate that. This is what the Sulta does. They don't agree on anything ideologically, but they all gang up together when they want to screw us over. So I, I don't think we just need more of that. There's people maybe uh, with me in the streets I don't agree with. I don't want to be a unified body with them. But what is actually happening, mostly behind the scenes, or at least not publicly, is a lot more coordination between all these groups to find a common ground, especially now. And I'm, I don't want to say hopeful, but I'm more uh, optim- a bit optimistic about this materializing into something people can uh, see, into a fa- faces they can attach to. Let know. We're used to always having, you know, some leader coming and we need him or to rally around him. But I think this is the problem. We don't want that. We want a group of citizens that know that what's important is them, not the guy or girl they're supposed to follow. So I'm, I'm reading I'm reading your comment. Let me just let me just uh, interject here. I'm reading your comments, everybody. There seems to be a, a similar uh, and repetitive comment here. People saying, Gino, all right. We, we're, we're with the Thawra in spirit, but this Thawra is disorganized with no official alternative plan. We need a strategy. There are ideas there, but no conc- concrete plan on how to get there and achieve it. 
So what do yes, you think of that? Yeah, go ahead. And you know, uh, sitting on Instagram, very simply, there's a million concrete plans. You just need to get involved. The problem we had in, in this revolution is a lot of people sit on their asses and tell us what should happen or why this is bad without actually getting the initiative. And I think it's because of how bad the government was here that no one feels that they have ownership of what's happening. They always think, you know, they can always criticize, but never there's never an alternative. Like, why did you go protest here? Why don't you go protest there? My question is, why don't you go protest there? It's not, it's not like I'm... Uh, Uber Eats, where you're ordering what you actually enjoy, and I deliver it to you. you. You go down and do it yourself, and we will support you all the time. There's four or five groups and political parties, new political parties that have formed since the Torah, that have not just concrete uh, plans and platforms and everything. They even have names for possible prime ministers to replace Hassan Diab, not bring back Hariri or go back to square one. Their, their plans even go into very specific details, like how we would solve the healthcare system, how we would take care of our elderly. So this very lazy excuse of, oh, it's not organized. Eh, no, we're not a political party of sheep where someone gets us a bus and gives us a sandwich and says, go say at 5 p.m. It's not how it works. This is crowdsourced. It's happening on the ground. So for people who don't enjoy how it's going, do something about it. And I love that so many people are doing something about it. So for the rest, the lazy people who think we should protest there or uh, have only one leader, blah, blah, blah. Do your own thing and choose that one leader. Don't just whine on you Instagram. Because you do, because you agree, you agree, you know, we do need some assigned leadership in the Saura. It cannot be without leadership uh, fully. Be, though, uh, democratic. A lot of the problems we have here, there is a bit of an elitist feeling where we need someone uh, to be have a PhD and something and blah, 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 and they should speak four languages. No, this is not what we need. We need someone that can actually win an elections, that believes in the same things you and me believe in. So all the ways of thinking of I should do a committee or a blah, 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 who are you to decide? Why, why should you speak on my behalf or I speak on yours? It doesn't work that way. One way I see it happening is with a transitional uh, period after this, this, this sulta leaves, just so we can start to rebuild and create an electoral law that's fair, not an electoral right. law made to help Gibran Basile, who kept failing in every election till they made his own election law to be able to win and to ensure Walid Jumblad gets uh, his own group of MPs, etc. We need an actual one. Because if you think about it, the people with the Thawra are more than any political party, and I would bet money on that. But they're not localized in the districts that they close. I so wanna, I know... Go ahead. Go ahead. But I'm not going to get them in one city that I can buy off, which is what the Sulta does. We're going so we to the, get to the elections and look for a law. Just want to read one of your uh, one of our commentators here. We have Moin Jabid saying we have an entire history of bloodshed associated to any opposition against the Sulta. Every single one ended either dead, chased out or intimidated. Gino, do you have do you have faith that the Sulta is going to go? Because it's been pretty resilient. You know, we talk about the people being resilient, but this Sulta is as stubborn and as resilient as it comes when it comes to leaving their posts, which some have been occupying for over 30 years. True, but um, no one lives forever, very simply. And I don't see the oldest ones of the war criminals having anyone to, uh, what, what do you say, uh, like inherit inherit their, their position to. I don't see that happening with the 
all the octogenarians there. So that's, it won't last forever. And they're failing at everything else. I wrote something, Yumna, a day before the blast. It was about how accidentally became accelerationists. And uh, the term means that if you believe a system is really, really bad, and you know it is really bad, mm-hmm. if you accelerate enough, it will destroy itself. And this is what's happening to our sultan. Today, everything we've done, they've hurt themselves more. So when uh, Nasrallah goes up and says, you're not going to get hungry, but two weeks later says, hey guys, there's a conspiracy. You need to put a uh, plant on your balconies so we don't starve to death. There's a cognitive dissonance there that the trust is gone. When you see uh, on in uh, the U.S. Congress begging America to remove the arms of, uh, of Hezbollah, then you see him becoming their number one cheerleader suddenly. There's a cognitive dissonance there, and that's why their following is becoming much less. You see that with the Lebanese forces when they always talk, you know, they're not corrupt, blah, 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 when a major source of corruption on the port was their doing. Yani with Grasir Azze, with other proven stuff that we know are a problem. So they're destroying themselves a lot more than we're chipping away at their popularity. And and, and, set, the, and I, set the record straight, Gino. Killon for you, Yani Killon. You don't follow one single, you know, because you've been, you've been criticized for different things of the sort. So if you want to set the record straight, please go ahead. I'll tell you why Killon, Yani Killon is very important for me. In 2015, when we used that, when we spray painted that and put it as stencils everywhere, members of parliament, especially Lebanese forces, one sued us, and it stayed in court for years. Now, Killon, يعني, Killon, even the president tried to use it, so we forced it into the lexicon here. I understand why people hate some some of them more than the others, and that's normal. When you have a party that's been ineffective, like the Lebanese forces or the Kataib, you cannot put them at the same level as, for example, the Aounis, who have been in charge since 2013. That doesn't mean, though, that the Lebanese forces don't matter. But I couldn't care less what Samir Jaja is doing with his small posse in, uh, in Ma'arab. And he's not the one that's sending the judges behind us. He's not the one kidnapping. That's not saying that he's good. Because he's not so, the one in power is really also what you're trying to say. He's not in that leadership role. That- he tried, but he was screwed over by the rest of them. That's the problem, because he was screwed over by the rest of them. And he did a deal with Gibran Basile that, uh, hey, we'll vote for you as pre- for your father-in-law as president, and we get half the spots. And Gibran, of course, he's, he always breaks his deals. So the way tried to ride the wave that they are thorough. No, you're not. You're part of the thing. You're just much stupider than your partners at it, but that doesn't make you better. That's what they need to understand. So when well, you, uh, because you got you got screwed over is what you're trying to say. You got you know that's that's what happened. That was the real thing. Or something? No, you're not. You're just a dumbass, and they're smarter than you at being a bad person. But that's why when someone says, hey, "Why don't you put something about the Lebanese forces?" Because what? Who cares about the Lebanese forces? Who cares when Samir Jaja goes and talks? What power does he have in reality? Maximum, he has two or three boys that go down, you know, and uh, try to say, no, you can't talk about our leader, but that's the only effect they have. But Gibran yeah. Basile, Power yeah. Rangers, who arrest people for putting a tweet. So, of course, I'm going to talk about Basile and Hezbollah more because they're the ones that actually succeeded in their mafia, mafioso, militia stuff, they're while the others whining there and begging for scraps. They're, but the, they're the, the ones in power. But you know what? It's been a, it's been a shared position if we're looking not at just the last 10 years but at all the years since the since the civil war they've all had they've all had their time right in in power and we still ended up here you know gino you talked about elections and there's been by the thawra a call for early elections 
obviously a new electoral law should be reformed first. The, you know, the, 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 the irony is that it has to be reformed by parliament itself. Um, do, do you think we can get there without a war? Without this friction that people keep talking about? I don't think a war will ever happen, very simply okay, because okay. the fights. When, the, when a war happens... Because, because you, what? I'm sorry, I, you cut. Because? Because there's no two sides. You need two sides to have a war. Today, if the Sultan wants to fight, who's going to fight alongside it, except its beneficiaries, direct beneficiaries? And we saw that. We saw now with the, all the provocation that they said happened, none of them came up to against the people. And now it's not like two ideologies fighting each other. It's the entire population fed up with the incompetence, if not the criminality of these people. So the only people who benefit from talking about civil war is the Sulta, because that's the only time when they're useful. Why would I care about an 80-something-year-old who does nothing and has failed at everything except be a good warlord? So for them, talking about war all the time makes people go back to the... And there's no other reason to be with the Sulta. Why the hell would... You're trying to say they're sowing fear. They're sowing fear in people because that's... Abrish Moon with Gibran and and uh, and Walid Jumblat. What was that? They both are not doing well. So they ha- they manufactured this uh, this uh, conflict between Druze and Christians to make the other side scared. Like, oh no, be careful! Those Christians are coming for us, and vice versa. Those Druze are coming for us to try to return a bit of uh, a bit of uh, enthusiasm to their cause. Because why else would you be with Gibran Basiro or Jumblat? What have they done for you? But when you feel that. Oh, oh, I'm in danger. I need someone strong, a strong man to come and protect me. You're going to go back to them. So all this talk about civil war doesn't make sense because who has the money to fight a war? People forget that it, it goes beyond weapons to do a war. You need money. You need funding. You need to do this. And I don't see that happening here. And it shows you the unwillingness to do war. Hezbollah blames Israel for everything. Everything, everything, everything. This was the first time in history where minutes later they go up and say, no, 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 it wasn't Israel to try to avoid the war because they can't afford it. No one else can afford it. And there aren't two, two sides. So I don't see a war coming. I definitely see the Sultan try to use violence to, to quell uh, the anger in the streets. But I also don't see it working anymore because for how long are the police, uh, right police and the soldiers going to keep doing this agenda for just $70 a month? I want to wrap it up with your message for the youth, but I do I do want to say one thing, you know, in the comments, I read this a lot. There's a lot of talk of religion in our country Um, and religion, though respected and though, you know, whatever religion you may be agnostic or atheist or whatever you are, whatever denomination you are, I believe. And I and I really want this is a personal thing for me. I want to stress on this. We can agree to disagree respectfully. And I think that when we do that. And Lebanon could always have been and hopefully will always be a, um, a place of coexistence and where we show the world how it's done. And I think once we start to get that religious talk going, nobody wins, especially when the leaders do that in order to um, divide people. And, you know, and I, you know, so whatever you're saying, I just want to make it clear that we're not here to say, oh, this religion is better than this or Shia or Sunni, because he criticized Gibran Basile or Hezbollah. He also criticized the Lebanese forces and the Kate'eb. He criticized Hariri. He, he criticized Jamblat. That already is, a, is an array. He's just saying that the people in power today happen to be this and this, and this is why they 
are empowered, they should have more responsibility in doing something when something hits the country the way it is. Now, Gino, a lot of our youth um, feeling helpless and hopeless. I mean, they were they were feeling it even before this blast. And this blast, I think, shattered a lot of hope for a lot of people, a lot of families. Um, blame them? What do you? No, you can't blame them. But, you know, I always want to stress on what is Lebanon for you and what is your message for the youth? Because I still think there should always be one because they are not responsible for what's happened. Um, I've, I've had a lot of time to think here and a lot of, a lot of things I would takeaways I would say after the 10 years of doing this is, uh, nothing is that complicated. They make you feel everything is so complicated and impossible to happen. It's not demanding a change of people who feel that everything isn't that difficult. It's super simple. The only way forward is to finish with step one. And step one is removing this entire system. We cannot do an elections now, an early elections, if people like Muhammad Fahmi, a murderer and uh, and this uh, person who said he is loyal to a warlord, not loyal to the law. How can I trust an election that this this guy runs? And even if I don't trust it, I can go to court. Who would I believe? Ghada'on or one of the other judges appointed by the same sultan. So they've created a perfect loop where they always regenerate themselves no matter what. So I love that there's so much passion talking about what's next, what's moving forward, what's the plan. That's awesome. And you can do it uh, in your free time, not publicly. Not publicly, why? Like Mu'in said, to preserve the safety of the people working on this. But two, because... It doesn't matter if these people are still there. It doesn't matter if I change the electoral law when boxes are going to disappear like they did in 2018. Under, uh, mm-hmm. By the way, which the EU commission the same day said, yeah, it's fine. There was no problems, even though we documented hundreds of violations. So this is another reason why there is a bit of resentment towards the West and the EU and everyone else, because they've been an integral partner of the Sulta for so long. And I'm not going to lie. It feels good to see them shift their tone, but they need to do more for us to trust them. Maybe in a couple of days, they'll do a deal again and get uh, try to get uh, stick us back with Hariri and Hakoumi Wahdat Wataniya again. So we would be back to square one. So we're happy that they're finally realizing what we realized many years ago, that this sultan can't change, but we need to see more before there's trust enough by the people. And photo ops by Macron and all these people isn't enough. And so for what's next, I'm telling people, do that. Try to go into one of the organizations. And I'm not going to do ads here. I'm going to be very honest. The ones get involved. That I, You're saying get involved. You're saying get involved. Go ahead. That are doing great work. Mentishreen is one of the, the, the groups that I co-founded. And I love each and every man and woman in these people. And I love what they're doing on the ground now. And I'm seeing the work they're doing behind the scenes to try to reorganize themselves. Another group is Lihaqi. And again, I'm not doing ads. I'm just giving you examples that even you just go on line for a bit, you'll find out a lot of people. If that doesn't work for you, Beirut Medinat is an option that's also available. If not, National Bloc, Al-Qatil Watani is a good choice as well. We are doing good work. Even Muwatinun, Muwatinat, Sharab al-Nahas one, even though I have a lot of reservations about mm-hmm. some recent... Mm-hmm. They're also doing important work. Yeah. And if it's something that you believe in, then get involved with that. This is the only way to have this alternative ready. But this alternative isn't on you know, on TV shows at night that people discuss it. How can we discuss you know, anything? There, you know, why, I, I know you're very passionate and you're very personally involved 
uh, about this because, well, you care. Um, what is Lebanon for you? What's that? Well, I, it's home, honestly. And I've lived in many places uh, around the world. Uh, they all feel a bit like home, but nowhere is like uh, like Beirut. You know? this, it's home at the end of the day. And no matter where you go, where you live, where your life takes you, this is the one place that you feel. And since it's my home... You? Yeah. What drives me is because uh, we is uh, what keeps me going is because we can. We have a, a responsibility. A lot of people can't. They can't afford to. They have a million things to consider. Maybe they live in an area where they might be in danger if they speak out. Maybe they can't afford to spend two or three days not working for their day job, which gets them enough money to survive that day. So the fact that we can means that we we have to. It's just our responsibility. So when people ask me what drives you, this is what drives me because we can, we have the ability to. That's why uh, each person in this Torah is, does the uh, the group and it does the thing they know how to do best without anyone asking them. A, a designer would know how to create a nice visual for a protest, even though no one asked them to, but they understand what's happening and they do it. Someone else can provide speakers, etc. This has been the really awesome spontaneous networking that's been happening people can do something specific and they have a common goal they all see together how to get there is what they need to figure out democratically but I think we all agree that step one has that these all of them need to leave so we can start rebuilding and this idea of always making us worry about not having a president or not having a cabinet most of my life we didn't have one and it's actually better because they can cause less harm than they do when they're, the government is functioning fully. Right, Gino, I like I like your message of, you know, get involved for our youth. If anybody has any questions, please reach out to me. If you have questions for Gino, you can reach out to me. I'll make sure he gets them. Um, Gino, thank you for your time. Thank you for, um, uh, I have a 10-year-old niece watching also. She's part of that youth that really has faith in this country and has seen over and over again just failure after failure and 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 they still have hope you know I, that's what i like about the youth that no matter what from, you can't yeah go you can ahead it's pretty human here okay. it. you're all you're you're august in new york um yes. uh, and sorry and get involved will you ever join us again will you ever come back to this country you don't have to answer if there's like a liability when it comes to your safety uh, I know I was here. I'm uh, like I didn't immigrate. I'm here to see my family because I was the only one left in Lebanon. So this is the reason I came here. Mm-hmm. And as luck would have it, a couple of weeks in, unfortunately, the blast happened. So I want to come back as soon as possible. But uh, I wish I could say when, given the state of emergency and all the other things. I'm glad that I have enough freedom to speak what I couldn't in Lebanon and what my friends and brothers and sisters there can't speak now. So I'm for the next few days and weeks, I am your voice here, even though they're trying to quash it. And no matter what they try, we're here, but I'm coming back. Akit. I'm, there is no other option. I was here visiting Yanni. This happened and there's nowhere else I'd rather be, especially, I won't lie. I always wanted to leave. Lebanon, Basala. I know. I remember. I was. We were. We were conducting interviews way before all this, Gino. When you were you wearing pink, when you were wearing a pink shirt, and I'm not allowed to say that, but I said it now. No, but listen, Gino. Thank you for being vocal. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, it doesn't matter whether you know. I just. I always want to. You know. I basically 
push forward this idea that we can all agree to disagree respectfully, no matter where you're from, no matter if you followed a, re- a leader or not, if you changed your mind, you're allowed to be whoever you are. And thank you, you for leave putting them, the word out. Of course. Yeah. And um, I believe in four minutes. Yeah, I believe in four minutes. Is it Paris Saint-Germain versus Bayern Munich? Did I get it right? It's the uh, final, yeah. no? <laughs> you're, not, you're out of it? Have some Probably. good... Have some good Brooklyn pizza for us, will you, while you're there? And um, and thank you for joining us. This is going to be online for everybody viewing it, whether you're here or abroad. Please stay safe with COVID. Um, stay tuned and keep yourself informed. Get involved. And should you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Gino, thank you so much. Uh, stay okay. safe. We'll see you soon. You. Bye. Good night.